Welcome to the Dynasty Spin Doctors. I'm your host, Chris Pang, and I'm joined with my co-host, Solo Londono. And you can find us on Twitter at Dynasty Pangs and at the Dynasty Dawn. And also you can follow us at Dynasty Spin Doctors. Solo, how are you doing tonight? Good man, how are you? Doing great. I'm ready to awesome. get our very first show out of the way um kind of episode uno yeah ready to just get done with all the rankings we're finally in football season this is what it's all paid off for and Mm -hmm. uh yeah we're kind of doing something a little crazy we're looking in next year already but (laughs) looking a little bit ahead in today's episode but uh i think it'll be good right well i think a lot of people got you know just got done doing their uh dynasty rookie drafts a couple weeks ago so i think it's kind of find it sort of still fresh in their minds that uh that sort of research that they did and uh in looking at the players that they wanted to take and which rounds and 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 where and uh you know this is kind of you know sort of still timely i think Mm -hmm. to get in the minds of people and let them know like here's to start looking forward to next year or at least uh the beginning of the list of the folks that you need to start looking into next year for your dynasty rookie drafts so exactly and i mean we're seeing it already there's some rookies that are hitting really hard already hitting the ground running we've got like terry mclaren and uh debo samuel who are doing uh pretty good in the wide receiver category and then, dk metcalf yeah marquise hollywood brown yeah. um tj <laughs> you know, it's been it's been strange in the sense that you usually, you know, the the rule of thumb mm-hmm. is that you you expect rookie running backs to go out and produce uh, in fantasy the first years the first year, but you you sort of have to be patient on the wide receivers and mm-hmm. uh, you know that sort of also dictates a lot of people's strategy when it comes to dynasty rookie drafts. You know, a lot of people tend to try to you know just go for running backs and work out you know deals for wide receivers later after they develop um and you know they don't like sitting and waiting for wide receivers to develop i'm i'm I'm, uh, which which is what i'm more like as a dynasty Mm -hmm. player i like taking those wide receivers early when they're cheap and before you know they become you know huge valuable assets of of an actual uh, or asset in the team that's going to cost you a lot to to go out and acquire um but you do have to be patient or at least in the past you used to have to be patient right it's just that's yep. just that's kind of the the uh anomaly this year you've, you've seen the opposite right you've seen the rookie running back sort of for the most part kind of fizzle here at the start mm-hmm. and um uh except for maybe Josh Jacobs, who did what he's been expected to do. Yeah, it's and, been a weird year. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, almost like, the, is this opposite year? With the wide receivers, <laughs> all, all of a sudden, it's like... It, it, so it's kind of it's kind of uh, interesting and fun, right? Exactly, so, yeah. So, changes your view. Yeah, so we're going to kind of hop in there. I mean, yeah, I, I personally believe that, you know, players, once they step into their junior year, at least in the wide receiver position, that's kind of where they take off. That's their make it or break it year. I mean, you get some people that pop a little bit in the freshman and uh, freshman year, but for the most part, um, what we're kind of going to preach a little bit is you buy during those bummer years and at the end of the freshman year, at the end of their sophomore year in the NFL, um, you know, buy them low 
you know, pay pay a little bit extra up front and uh, reap the rewards later. And so, and uh, even 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 players like DJ Moore mm-hmm. last year were fairly cheap halfway through the season, and you could acquire DJ Moore probably until you know the the very end of the the fantasy season last mm-hmm. year for a lot cheaper than you could. You know, any time in the last couple of months. Yeah, and even uh, more so. Uh, I mean, Curtis Samuel. Look at. Him. <laughs> oh yeah, he was just he, nobody, right? Yeah, in terms and so of... like people started, uh, you know, putting him on the scene. You see a lot of other uh, fantasy analysts kind of hopping out there and uh, pumping his name up. And then now look at the price. So it's kind of like buy at those dips, buy when it's extra low, kind of keep an eye on them see what's going on uh kind of yeah. read the situation watch the film that's, so that's kind of a lessons learned of of uh this sort of rookie uh, class right yeah. so uh and, and and dips for the future exactly. so what do we got next all right so let's hop into our quick uh news and notes we've got some Ooh, yeah. lots of injuries uh people are falling like flies you know Uh, So let's get through this really fast here. Uh, These are what we're going to kind of tap into a little bit is we want to tap into uh, some of the major injuries. We know that uh, we missed the week one and uh, week two, for the most part, injuries coming in. Uh, So we kind of wanted to uh, talk about some of the difference makers that really uh, either they're out for the whole season or it's just going to affect the team in general. And just really not nothing that that any any no, no injuries on this list of players that may or may not play this week. You know, these are all players that are completely out and are you know looking to be out for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So all right, uh, that's what we want to focus on on this segment. So yeah. so we got Tyreek Hill first off uh, week one injury, sternal clavicular. Uh, uh, joint yeah, you issue. Say, <laughs> yeah. you, you say these 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 names. I'll, I'll, I don't want to try. I'll say them ten times. <laughs> Please do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think folks have all you know, and in terms of, I think folks have probably heard about the injury. You know, what they what they want to know is is who who are the next ones mm-hmm. up here? Like who 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 benefits? Yeah. From from his injury and who who is hurt from his injury. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I view. Um, Patrick Mahomes in a very similar light to um, to Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I view him as someone that loves to spread the ball around, and unless you have that number one person that you've really kind of locked in, he's just going to kind of follow that Aaron Rodgers and that Jared Goff kind of whoever's open, whoever's the hotness of that week, mm-hmm. um, just kind of passing around a bunch. And so, you know, now that Tyreek Hill's gone – I think we're going to see a lot of that happening. We're going to see, I mean, last week we, <laughs> right. It, it's just, uh, Robinson completely out of nowhere. And the week before we have, uh, we have Sammy, Sammy Watkins. It's, right. it's like, and we had McMichael Hardman had a couple of big, big, big catches and a touchdown too. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, um, that's definitely could be true. I mean, I still see this personally. I see this situation more as, as you know, it's clear that in by the by the spread of targets, I think it bears it bears out that it's pretty clear that Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. is the the one there. 
mm-hmm. um, at least perceived in terms of, of, of numbers of, of a volume uh, as the one there. And uh, and then I do, but I do think that it's sort of a free for all after that in terms of um, you know whether it's the Marcus Robinson or or Miko Hardman um, or anybody else that may come you know behind them uh, before Tyreek Hill comes back. Um, and and then you have you know uh, you know just just as a, as I mentioned since we might as well you know you have injuries to running backs to happening yeah. so you've got a bunch of these you know up and coming guys having an opportunity coming up here so yeah and I think one name that really we don't want to forget here and sometimes you know sometimes especially when you get these names like uh, Sammy Wa- uh, Watkins and Michael Hardman popping up we we don't want to forget Travis Kelsey's there. I mean, he's sure. looked pretty great this year. You know, eight, uh, three receptions, eighty-eight yards the first week, and then uh, seven receptions, one hundred and seven yards, and uh, one TD. That's that's not bad numbers right off the bat. I think a lot of Kelsey owners are probably hoping that that Tyreek Hill injury was going to benefit Kelsey the mm-hmm. most. I think and it's going to be these running back injuries that are really going to kind of boost that probably. a little bit. So. Probably, I think you're happy if you're Kelsey, you call Kelsey owner either way, because mm-hmm. they, these injuries were all going to, you know, in the end, uh, he he is the trusted, you know, hand there that that despite injuries to other players will, will still you know be there for, as a safety blanket for, not not that Mahomes needs a safety blanket though, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. this guy's been insane yeah. the last couple of weeks, man. Yeah, so next up we've got Tevin Coleman, high ankle sprain, you know, and we're we're not expecting that to be super long, but it's still gonna be at least a week to two or three more weeks out. Um I I, I see it more on the maybe eh, two ish weeks out. Um so really I see that affecting uh Matt Breida but also kind of pushing uh Raheem Mostert into uh the limelight again. You know, he's back. <laughs> And he looked good, man. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he 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 looked uh, he looked strong. Uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens if the, if, if the the 49ers keep playing as well as they have been, and that that running game continues to be as productive as as it has been. It's going to be interesting to see what happens as these injured players come back, like Coleman in a few weeks and McKinnon if he comes back and you know later in the season. Uh, because these guys are, you know, Breida's looking. I mean, uh, I'm giving a lot of this credit to to the to the to the offensive line because they were really creating a lot of space for these running backs. But uh, uh, Breida was was so productive, and Mostert, you know, looked really good as well. It's, mm-hmm. And so I, I, we'll be curious to see what happens and what the backfield looks like after yeah. Coleman comes back. But for the time being, there are leagues that I'm starting both. I'm yeah. starting both Frida and Mostert on yeah. a weekly basis. Now, I'm not so, going to say uh, really pump your brakes hard there, but just maybe a little tap with a little caution there because uh, Joe Staley did uh, injure his, himself as well. I believe it's a broken leg. I, uh, sadly, I didn't put him on the injury report here. So hmm. the line is a little bit injured and banged up there. And Does that happened last game? Yeah, that happened last game. So unfortunate. Um, there's really going to be <laughs> uh, some question marks there and uh, what, what how that's going to affect the running game. So that is uh, something to be mindful of uh, coming mm-hmm. into this situation. Um, 
but again, I wouldn't say that it's a full stop or anything like that. It's just a, um, this will be a really telling week to see kind of where that backfield is going to be at. If they're able to kind of pick up the slack where, uh, in that area, or if things start falling apart. Yep. Duly noted. What's next? Next up, we got Devin Funchess, uh, broken collarbone. In my opinion, um, <laughs> I don't see this as a major hindrance. I kind of see it as a opportunity for some of the other players to feast there. And so, um, you know, really, I don't see this as a major, major loss there. I, I don't either because this really kind of happens in the in the you know shadows of of the the Andrew Luck retirement. So you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the whole team has changed so much since since then that it's you know the the, the injury to Funches I think has little to no impact to that to that offense at this point you know the, the if Luck had been there what I would have uh, expected would be more volume to players like Jack Doyle and and Ebron um, mm-hmm. who are sort of these these big bodied you know especially in the red zone uh, sort of big bodied red zone targets. So we'll, um, uh, you know, and I do expect that they that they probably are seeing uh, that as a result, even with uh, Brissett as as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, that's that's as much as I think we need to talk about Devin Funches. Yep, <laughs> and kind of uh, following the same suit a little bit. Uh, Quincy Ninwa out for the season with a neck injury. Um, mm-hmm. I think he did have a lot of good opportunities, but and. Uh, in this situation, I think this is kind of where you kind of start testing the waters, see if you can get into that uh, Jamison Crowder uh, kind of conversation. I think he's going to be a really good uh, sneaky PPR um, pickup, uh, especially in full PPR. He's going to, I mean, how yeah, many I mean, receptions does he get each week and for like almost no yards? Well, it, dep- it depends who's a quarterback, right? So like combine this with the next injury, which is Sam Darnold, which is mm-hmm. not really an injury. He's just yeah. went out, you know, making out with too many girls or whatever and mm-hmm. caught mono. Um, he, 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 he certainly fed Jameson Crowder t- targets. I think, what was it, like 12 or 14? I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but when, when, uh, Simeon and uh, forget the other guy's name who came in afterwards. Uh, um, Falk, right? Was it Falk? Um, then I think Crowder saw maybe two or three targets mm-hmm. after that. So oh. uh, that does diminish. It's considerably. I mean, the whole offense is diminished except for maybe uh, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. who's just as, as much of a workhorse as he's always been. So. Yeah. But on the good news, uh, kind of speaking into that mono uh, from what we're. Uh, being told and kind of what uh, Sam Darnold is revealing, he expects to be back after the bye week coming up here. So uh, I think uh, after this week they've got, is it the Patriots and then the bye week? I'm, I'm trying to remember here. Um, when does Darnold have his uh, was a week four? Yeah, he has a week four bye week. So, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, they got the Patriots this week. They got the bye week, and he hopes to be back week five. Yes, Uh, that's my hope in the the leagues that I own him. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's because I am not – I refuse to spend fab dollars on on Falk. So Mm -hmm. I'd rather just play a a, 
tight end in that flex position or something. I don't know. Exactly. And, and speaking of tight ends, right around that time on the uh, week five, you're also going to be getting back uh, Herndon. So. Herndon? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, he's kind of got that sneaky Mark Andrews appeal, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that he he's a good buy low candidate right now, especially with the suspension. Um, mm-hmm. I was in a league where someone actually dropped him in a dynasty league. <laughs> oh Jesus, that's that's <laughs> I, juicy. I swooped in and uh, picked him up off the the waiver wire with some uh, dropped significant fab, um, but it was definitely a nice pickup there. So I mean, the fact that people are actually dropping him in sub leagues, I would say nuts. go out there. Do what you can. Try to um, get them cheap, yeah, for yeah, sure. Get them cheap. Especially I, if you have a hole in, in, in your tight end uh, core. Exactly. I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised, especially yeah. with Sam. If you're a joke, uh, give, give him a holler. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of kind of Sam Darnold, uh, we've had quarterbacks this season just dropping like flies. Um, I don't know what's happening if uh, – you know, maybe Tom Brady's kind of doing like a Tanya Harding kind of thing with Bill Belichick, <laughs> taking out some of these quarterbacks. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's 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 been. I mean, this has been uh, much worse and and uh, much earlier than in years past. I mm-hmm. guess at least that's how, how it come. It's, it's felt to me. Uh, maybe it's because a lot of these injuries have affected quarterbacks that I own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of people that went from having three quarterbacks to having what maybe one or none mm-hmm. you know and, and that's that's brutal i know in, in one league uh that's the case with with my roster was i had i think this is that the one that we're in together where we yeah. had andrew luck um nick Foles, and um yeah, so we had, yeah. yeah so now <laughs> i mean we still got baker Yep. But then we picked up. I think we picked up Trevor Simeon as a as a mm-hmm. as a waiver ad, and then and then he did what he did to his leg. I think that thing is yeah. is backwards yeah. now. It's pointing the wrong way. Um, so, uh, which he's not in here, by the way. You should add him as as a, as a very major injury here. Is that Sam Darnold is is injured as yeah. well as his backup Trevor Simeon. So yeah, we're so. Uh, now on the third string territory there. In, the, mm-hmm. in New York Jets. So yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, week. I don't expect. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a betting man, but I would bet on the Patriots in that game. <laughs> oh, I, I'm betting on Le'Veon Bell seeing the ball thirty times plus for sure. That's exactly. what I'm betting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's not looking pretty there. Week five, I, I think. Uh, Darnold's uh, gonna be what that team needs, and coming back, they're just For gonna sure. have that sigh of relief. Um, so, so, so you guys. So, I think th- let's talk really quickly about the two big ones in, in Ben and and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you got Ben uh, having his elbow injury, and then Drew Brees with his with his thumb. Uh, yep. Both are looking at um, uh, multiple weeks Actually, uh, absence. Right? Ben is out for the season. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, ben is out for the season, so that's uh, you know at least in that end, not gonna not gonna happen this this year. And he um, said we... he does plan on uh, coming back next year, and he's got a lot of gas in the tank still. So, uh, well, to let's be see determined. what Mason Rudolph has in his tank, you know, yeah. and that's this gives it gives that guy all the opportunity in the world mm-hmm. um, 
to showcase. You know, he's been sort of quietly sitting in the background while some of his um, uh, classmates have gone on and, 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 and done things. He's He's been quietly just sitting in the background and learning, right? Yeah. So now it's his turn to showcase that talent, which 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 in, in, in times before he has shown um, to be f- very very consistent passer um, uh, when he did have opportunities to play in the NFL mm-hmm. uh, in, in last year. So uh, is that is that what you took away from from uh, the past when you've seen him play? Yeah, I th- I think he's he's definitely got a shot at it. I think if he shows that he's ready. Uh, which that's what we're kind of all hoping for. Yeah, this. I mean, there's people already calling for the end of Ben uh, Roethlisberger, and so hey, it could the happen. The grass is always greener, you know. <laughs> the grass is always greener. Um, I, I I know that that uh, you know he left a, a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Oklahoma State that he went to. Mm-hmm. He left a hole there that they were struggling to sort of uh, f- f- fill until. Uh, they decided on their starting quarterback here at the beginning a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, and what's going to be interesting from that is is watching if he still has that chemistry with James Washington from college. So uh, that'll be interesting to see, and and you know a name to also you know on on the on the. Uh, on the sneaky side to try to go out and, and put a couple low offers on and see if if James Washington uh, owners don't know about this and, and and before the you know the breakout game happens maybe you can get them for 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 cheaper mm-hmm. yeah and uh, Drew B Drew Brees uh, looking to be uh, six weeks um, from reports that I'm hearing and at least talk they're saying that's very optimistic. Uh, we'll see mm-hmm. if that's the case, um, but now there's footage showing how bad it really was and how he was was not even able to grasp the couldn't, football couldn't, very well. Yeah. Um, so are you a are you a Bridgewater guy or are you a Taysom Hill guy? <laughs> so uh, it's interesting you ask that. Um, I was watching some of the the QB videos and challenges that they were doing. There was an accuracy challenge that. Um, that the Saints did uh, pretty recently, and it was interesting to kind of watch uh, Bridgewater and uh, even Breeze kind of participate in there. Um, Breeze hitting majority of his targets, and then Bridgewater coming out. Uh, you know, you could tell there's a definitely a reason <laughs> why he's the backup. Uh, yeah. But then this other guy just pops up, Taysom Hill. And uh, kind of blew me away. He he was hitting a lot of the same accurate hits that uh, Breeze was hitting, and you mm-hmm. know I was kind of I was kind of shocked, and I was like, I want to see more of this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, so and... there's a chance, and I think they were even kind of talking about it a little bit, where they're gonna kind of uh, test out both uh, both of them and see kind of uh, who's going to be playing. So it'll be interesting to kind of see this week if they even, if they do that in game or if they just kind of keep it quiet in the practices. Well, I mean, it could very well just be a bunch of BS too, you know, it could just be, you know, uh, saying that publicly so that they, they, they prepare for both quarterbacks, but really just start Bridgewater and uh, who knows? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I went out and I picked up Taysom Hill and, almost as many in as many dynasty leagues as i could yeah. um 
uh, when Breeze got hurt, not because I don't uh, believe in Bridgewater, but because I I just think that there's a lot of value that that uh, lottery ticket of of if if Taysom Hill is given the opportunity and if he does uh, show you know uh, show well, so uh, you know he he is the kind of um, sort of cheat code uh, fantasy asset that you want to own in case he has when he is given that opportunity to to show his skills mm. you know so uh if that's if that's uh if you're in a dynasty league and you're still able to go out and get him i would definitely recommend you do that and just kind of sit and wait and see what happens here uh if he's given that opportunity then see if if he uses that opportunity well you could you know have a situation where he is the backup to to breeze and, and a productive one mm. so and then who knows what happens in the future right yeah. so and speaking of productive backups, it's time to talk about Nick Foles. Uh, his injury left clavicle. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what? A, what? A, what a what a dramatic turn of events, and and uh, what what a uh, if he keeps playing this way, what a um, controversy of the quarterback room are they going to have when Nick Foles comes back the way mm-hmm. that uh, Gardner Minshew has played. Um, yeah. Uh, that's that, that's that my takeaway. That's what this is essentially my takeaway from it. He is the most interesting man in football now, mm-hmm. uh, officially. He is. Uh, I forgot who, who it was. I think it was Brendan Perna in his uh, "That's Good Sports" YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> what did he say? He said the the, uh, uh, the the most interesting man guy from the, the spokesman from was it is it Dosakis? Is, mm-hmm. is, is that the? Yep. He he is the football version of that guy. Yeah, I right. mean, he does all his stretches in the <laughs> locker room in his jock strap. So, I mean, uh, with what, that mustache, what, what I'm just wondering if I, I hate to be the guy next to him. I just feel like not only is he doing all these stretches in his jock strap, but I'm hoping he's not making eye contact with other Worst, people. Right? Yep, he's um, just staring down. He's like, "You're gonna be my target today." <laughs> So it's like oh yeah that's good <laughs> so so you know he's he's you know uh Minshew went out there and and I'm trying to find the league that i own Minshew on right now just so i can see how much yeah he's many fantasy points he scored here he scored in this league 18 fantasy points last mm-hmm. night or the last night yeah um, yes um what w- what would we be talking about today had that Pass to D.D. Westbrook and the end zone not been dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd be talking about a, a night of um, 21 for 30, 260 yards with three touchdowns mm-hmm. and four carries for 18 yards. I mean, this guy would have scored um, 24 fantasy points mm-hmm. on his second you know, NFL game. Um, and you know, becoming a, a overnight, you know, fantasy, uh, startable fantasy asset, you know, uh, which, which is what I'm telling you right now, he should be considered yeah. a, a startable, you know, uh, fantasy asset, especially in dynasty and especially in Superflex, Um, because there are going to be times this season where you're going to want to play Gardner Minshew, uh, over some of these other guys, depending on the matchups. Mm-hmm. So that's my takeaway is this guy is, uh, 
take making the most of his opportunity and until proven otherwise he's got talent he's uh, uh has a connection clear connection with dj chark uh which we can talk about more mm-hmm. later yep We've um got him coming up yeah. in another section great so and that's my <laughs> takeaway from that man is is um I, I actually like nick Foles, but when he comes back it's gonna be interesting so. yeah i i think it, it will be very interesting i mean uh um, let me try to pull up the contract for Nick Foles, but you know where do you go? Pretty, it's like pretty good, pretty good contract. So I don't think you can just. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what you do. do you do you keep? I think you can just continue to develop Minshew under Foles yeah. and 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 just try to you know treat him as a as a more valuable asset than he was before. Mm-hmm. You know, you get this guy in the sixth round, but he proves to be more like a, you know, have the the the, the talent and uh, uh, potential of a second rounder. Mm-hmm. You know, then 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 you treat him like that. You yeah, know, man. and you kind of treat him to take over after Nick, and maybe you let let Nick go sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I just pulled up his contract, and it looks like they have a potential out in twenty twenty one with a. 12.5 million uh dead cap so um. so there you go i mean it's and again this is all a lot of ifs you know mm-hmm. this guy has only just done this once mm-hmm. once and a half because he did do fairly well when he came in and replaced Foles. yeah so so it'll be interesting um, sir. so now i guess to the main attraction the ringleader himself uh this guy has not been able to stay out of the news. We're going to have to talk about him. I don't want to. I don't Look. either. Antonio Brown. Can just... we just talk about something productive? Like, <laughs> what should you be selling Antonio Brown for or something like that? Because that's all I really want to discuss. Yeah. With well, let's, yeah. I mean, he, he got released today from uh, New England. Um, someone <laughs> made a joke today that uh, he is the first player that you can find uh in a single season you can find his jersey in the discount section for three different teams three different teams <laughs> unbelievable yeah so well, i think cj anderson achieved that uh that uh, uh that, that that last season as well but you know mm-hmm. uh, the, we're talking more on the elite level exactly yeah. i get that <laughs> so um to kind of bring it up a little bit um yeah, I mean, there is a lot of drama concerning him. Uh, you know, we live in the U.S., it's innocent until proven guilty, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I don't want to dive in it, in it too much, but I think we're looking at potentially the end of Antonio Brown, especially if all of these allegations are proven true, or at least somewhat close, or at least the NFL views that he has not lived up to... Uh, you know their their standards, their code. Um. <laughs> I think I think it's really going to depend on on how much Antonio Brown still wants to play the game of football. Um, yeah. You know, I think he's pretty much in terms of playing for a team in the NFL in 2019, probably mm-hmm. done for just because of all the the everything that's surrounding his name right now and all the headaches that he brings along with him at this point that i just think a team would be crazy at this point to be 
um, bringing that into their locker room. Mm. But I mean, who knows? It's the NFL. Well, um, you know, but, the Dolphins could bring them in so that they clear for out what? the locker room. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> just just truly spread the the, the poison all yeah. the way around. You Get know? as many players to <laughs> hop out for twenty twenty first, right? Hey, I mean, I, I want, I want, I know that as a Kenny and Drake owner, I want him the hell out of that team. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so that's that to me is is uh, you know the outlook for Antonio Brown is probably don't count on him playing again this yeah. year, and then he has to make that decision himself whether he cares enough to come back. Because I'm sure if he wants to come back, mm-hmm. many teams would like to have a a rehabbed Antonio Brown in their roster, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. at at a, at a discount. So. so. I had him um, before the all of this horrible news dropped. Uh, you know, more allegations and dropping out of um, out of New England. I had him for you know as a twenty twenty second too much. Now I'm wondering is a twenty twenty third too much to buy Antonio Brown right now? Well, I think it's that the kind of thing where and I did see on Twitter these polls, um, Twitter polls about whether uh, you would rather have a second. Or Antonio Brown, and and it was I think two to one on mm-hmm. the second. So I mean, if, which means to say a lot of AB a- owners would be happy mm-hmm. to give him up for a twenty twenty second right yeah. now. Um, now, if you're not going to get a twenty twenty second, and uh, you're getting you're being offered twenty twenty thirds, you know that's mm-hmm. the level that as the AB owner I say you know what whatever I'll just stash him and I'll see what mm-hmm. happens next year. Well, and you then know? being the twenty twenty third owner. I'm. I mean, we're gonna talk a little bit, but uh, 2020 is Stacked. a deep class. I don't know if I'd even be willing to give up a 2023rd for sure. Antonio Brown right now. I see both. I see both sides on that. But I mean, that's what we're talking about at this point. You know, is, mm-hmm. is 2023rd or Antonio Brown? You yeah. know, I think Whereas, he's you know, one of the, those the, the, ride or die kind of players. That at this point, if you have him, you're just gonna let him collect dust. But he's also going to be a roster clogger because he's not going to exactly. He's not going to be able to be put on the IR or anything like that. You'd be you'd be paying to clog your bench for a while. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I'm just like, hey, give me whatever you want. I mean, hey, first, I would, if I had Antonio Brown, I would look myself in the mirror and say, what am I comfortable with? A twenty twenty second, twenty twenty third, whatever that is, you decide it, and yeah. you do the shotgun offer to everyone in the league and you say first one to accept it gets it yeah i think at that point that's the easiest way to offload i I just found it 13 days ago i sent out that offer i sent out a 2023rd for antonio brown Mm -hmm. and i and the response to me was in gift form um it's no time for me to panic said the antonio brown owner and i said (laughs) okay and then a day later is I think when he got picked up by the um, by the the Patriots, mm-hmm. uh, so I sent him an offer for a twenty twenty second, mm-hmm. and I said, "Here you go. This is as much as you're ever gonna get for him." Mm-hmm. And the guy was so excited at the time that he had been picked up by the Patriots that he goes, "Oh, you're gonna see Tom Brady throwing those sweet sweet touchdowns to Antonio Brown," and then the next gift is that of a dumpster fire. So welcome yeah. to life as an Antonio Brown owner where just two weeks ago you were saying no to a 2022nd and laughing at the face of that offer and now you were you would be uh, you would die to have that offer given to you so. exactly 
Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, do you agree the best way to get rid of them now at this point is either you either hold them, clog your roster, or you do a shotgun offer to everyone yep. in the league? Yep. Yep. And that's another Tanya Brown talk. Yep. All right. So let's talk about positive trade talk. We've got this segment we want to really kind of... Um, trade talk. Trade oh, yeah. talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone loves trades. Party I mean, time. I'm, I'm, I jones when I don't get a trade in, like, within, you know, so many weeks. I'm, I'm like, all right, guys. Well, you're not trying hard enough, you know? Exactly. Uh, so we want to talk about players that you may want, you may kind of hope for. You, they're doing something. What's it going to take to get them? And uh, we've got some players here. We've got an interesting list. We're going to kind of go five through Five names, them. right? Yep. Uh, five names. So let's start with the first one, Terry McLaurin. Uh, you know, he's been really hot on the season, um, tearing it up. Uh, Ter- Terry's tearing it. Yeah. Tearing is. Terry. <clears throat> you know, I, Terry, tearing Terry uh, is, is killing it. And, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of people did see this coming. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I tried to I, offer, uh, what, like a 2020. I, I think I went too low. I, I did a twenty twenty third at the beginning just to see if I could catch someone off guard. Uh-huh. Uh, but and that wasn't enough. That wasn't that, enough. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that could have been enough um, maybe before all the hype started because there was a, quite a bit of hype um, yeah. on Terry uh, preseason. Um, I, so, so I mean, uh, some of these names, I'm going to say the same thing about a lot of these names, is, is that you're probably – in a lot of these cases in the situation where it depends whether you own Terry or whether mm-hmm. you want to buy Terry. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like that the discussion with Antonio Brown is do you even want a third at this point? You mm-hmm. might just want to hold him. So in the same way, these guys are all guys that, you know, are in those lists for a reason because in yeah. the last couple of weeks they've either uh, shown something or failed to show something, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, – I think, you know, if you believe in the talent of Terry McLaurin, then I personally am not selling him. You know, mm-hmm. I want to see what I have here because you may very well have a wide receiver one type of guy who could be, you know, a top 24 wide receiver type of uh, asset, mm-hmm. you know, for years to come, uh, who you may end up selling for too cheap now just because you're trying to make a quick buck off of his, you know, good start. Mm-hmm. Um so, so that's that, that's how I see Terry as as, as he. There's a possibility there where it's, it's it is a, a good time to sell him because you, I, I bet you could possibly get some people to offer a first for him, mm-hmm. maybe a late first, an early second, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, th- and then frankly, you know, if you do get offered a first, you might want to think about that. Yeah, um, it's that's when I would that's when I would start thinking about it. So. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I, I think I'd probably just hang on to him and see what I could, uh, what he becomes. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those players that I can definitely see overpaying for right now. I mean, <clears throat> he went to Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne mm-hmm. Haskins is the heir apparent. Uh, he's going to be the future of the Redskins. Um, so having that connection, having Dwayne say, hey, draft one of my guys, uh, actually, to the team, <laughs> but then do you? Lot. But then, but then you do have. Let's say you do have to pay a first for mm-hmm. him, though. Are you paying a first for, for Terry McLaurin at yeah, this point? That's, that's the hard part. Is I think you're gonna have to pay a high 
at the cheapest you're gonna have to pay a high second um, yes I think you think you're you're lucky at this point right now if yeah. you get away just by throwing a generic second round yeah. for Terry I think um, what will be really telling is you know I'm seeing uh, Chicago coming up I'm, I'm seeing uh, San Francisco and Minnesota with Buffalo that's gonna be a rough stretch I would love to see if his numbers dip that might be a good opportunity to and then he's also got New England coming up. Um, it might be a good time to buy a little bit later. I'd wait further into the season to see mm-hmm. kind of how things pay, play out. Um, if he starts dipping, that's kind of, and we're going to talk about that in the next player here. That's that's, when I that's the case that for me, move. and that's the case for me with with Terry. I think is at this point because I don't know what what this guy is. Is I don't think I would be selling him if I have him, mm-hmm. and I don't think I would buying him if i don't yeah. um would you unless... be happy if you got a second if i got a, a if i got him second high if i got him for a 2020 second or if i if you got a, got a 20 high 2020 second knowing no that, knowing no i don't lists. think i don't think i would i think i would probably just hold him mm-hmm. i think i would probably just hold him at this point um Considering you know the potential of everything that you just said, what I've already mm-hmm. seen on film, and uh, and the connection that he had with with uh, Haskins and yeah. college, you know, I if th- that connection comes back, this guy goes from you know a, a target hog to a freaking touchdown machine. Yeah, you know, and I can see maybe t- kind of tossing in another kind of maybe interesting or volatile piece just to kind of see if with that twenty twenty second maybe that could get it done. You know, toss in like a uh, right tight end or something like that, right. or maybe even uh, for those John Ross owners that think it's a flash in a pan kind of season, um, mm-hmm. or those that are actually truthers that think this is the third year breakout. Um, if you're if you're nervous, that could be a good opportunity to get off that train if you wanted to. Um, so I think you could probably package him like a twenty twenty second and maybe like a an interesting tight end piece. Like oh, I'm trying to think what um... another piece. We 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 gotta move fast these a little <laughs> quicker piece, than yeah. we are, or we're gonna be here all night. Um, the the a, a different something else, right? So, but what we're talking about is Terry probably worth a late first to early second. That's kind of where we are on him. Exactly. Um, what's next? All right, we got T.J. Hawkinson next. Um, T.J. had a rough second week. You know, um, for a while it seemed like his well, window he just didn't to get buy targeted. was yeah, his window to buy was was gone. That's what we thought. You know. Uh, in PPR, he full PPR, he, he got 25.1 points week one in standard 19.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following week, 1.7 and 0. 0.7. Well, so, what's your take? What's your take on him? And then I'll tell you what I think. I think this is a good opportunity to buy the dip. Um, last game, a lot of people didn't realize, but he was in a lot of double coverage. He was pretty much shut down they they realized that he was a big piece on the team um you know him and galladay are pretty much what's carrying the team right now uh so shutting carry on yeah carry on as well uh shutting him down really was the goal of that game and you could tell so i think this is a good time to kind of 
see those tilt reactions and kind of put in an offer, sneaky offer to kind of uh, get that purchase. I think you are going to have to come with a full 2020 first, but I at least a you know a decent 2020 first. I don't see anything cheaper coming than that. Um, but yeah, this might be the only opportunity that you come in hard for that because, uh, you know, do you sell? So do you, do you sell? I mean, it's this early in the season. Sometimes you, you mm-hmm. I mean, you can't tell this early how high yeah, of a first it is. So, so if you're just given a 2020 first right now and you're to Hawkinson owner, do you, do you, do you sell them? If I'm the Hawkinson owner, I'm, I'm holding, I'm not, I'm not buying into this, this tilt, but, uh, you know, for our listeners and for people out there that, um, you know, are a little bit more savvy. I think this is where you kind of take advantage of those people that aren't studied up, that aren't watching the film, that are just looking at the stats and freaking out. Uh, I think this is where you kind of take advantage of that and be that savvy owner and kind of go in and go for the kill. So, I mean, we just, we're just going to talk about, you know, this later, this episode about how stacked mm-hmm. this, um, 2020 class is coming coming in mm-hmm. um and now we're telling somebody that they should give up their first round pick mm-hmm. for somebody who may or may not be you know a good tight end next year yeah right i mean we're rare are you gonna see an evan ingram type of season out of a tight end where he's relevant in his in his first year right and that's what i think a lot of people were hoping for in the, after his first week and then uh, the hope kind of uh, dissipated after the second, and I think there's every kind of, everybody's just kind of waiting, waiting yeah. to see here what happens in week three. Um, so, so you know, I'll say this: um, the talent, a tight end in this 2019 uh, draft, I believe, is uh, superior in in many many ways to the talent that's coming in 2020 and 2021 in the tight end exactly. class. Yeah. I so I think if, if so I think if you're looking at Hawkinson and Fant um, and um, a couple others like uh, Irv Smith perhaps and and uh, um, I never really liked Sternberger that much but there, what's the name of that other guy who's who's really legit uh, um, in this class? Um, trying to <sighs> brain escaping <laughs> escaping my my but there yeah. were four tight ends that I really liked in this class. Um, and, and, and you're, you're really, you need to start looking ahead and seeing, you, are you going to be able to find this type of talent in the next few mm-hmm. years? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then roster construction dictates that you keep TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think um, the biggest name that we're going to be kind of touching on a little bit, uh, in, in, at least in, uh, honorable mentions is Albert O. Uh, from Missouri, I think he's right. going to be one of the few that could maybe gently hold a candle to uh, the 2019 rookie tight end class. So he's I think... talented and he's very productive and has started the season very well mm-hmm. for the uh, for Missouri this 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 uh, this year already. So yeah. Um, so I think so yeah. yeah. As long as he's working on you know. Um, being a good uh, blocker as well, I think then right. he can definitely step up into that. So, so let's wrap this up for the TJ Hawk people here. Yeah. Is is uh, uh, you're you're thinking a first uh, you keep, um, but if you're gonna buy TJ Hawkinson, you, you start at a first as yeah. well, right? I, I think you gotta you gotta start at a first. Um, 
what we're kind of saying, or at least what I think we you should do is if you are in a full rebuild, um, giving up that first for TJ Hawkinson and then trying to recoup a first somewhere else with a different player, uh, would be the way to go because that 2020 and 2021 tight end landscape is not the greatest. And then if you can sell another piece to kind of recoup that, uh, you'll be happier. Right. Moving on, are we going to do the combo here of the players from the same team? Yeah, I think just really fast. Um, this is kind of that window. Uh, Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, um, mm-hmm. both players you can kind of target with the rough start for uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, I think both of them have that opportunity, especially Anthony Miller right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really see the Allen Robinson situation being a, a, a buy window right now. If anything, I see the Allen Robinson owners as being fairly satisfied with mm-hmm. the start of the season and probably wanting to hold them or get more, more than what they mm-hmm. valued him for out of a trade negotiation, you know, uh, whereas Anthony Miller owners are freaking out. They're in full tilt mode. Yeah. I, know. I think Anthony so. Miller you could probably get for a high 2022nd, maybe. Um, I think, though, for Allen Robinson, you're looking at a 2021st and maybe a 2022nd or 2021nd. Um, yeah. I think that would kind of get that done. I think what people are mostly tilting on both of these players for is the question marks surrounding Mitch Trubisky. I think that's where you're really going to kind of get that's these true. deals. Um, play the tilt. Well, and, and, and that's when you really want to ask yourself, do you want to be mm-hmm. the, the guy who owns the third or fourth, you know, and speaking of, as, as Anthony Miller, the third or fourth pass-catching option for Mitch Trubisky, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so so I think a lot of Anthony Miller owners that are seeing this, that were really hoping, because I know if you're a pass, if you're an owner of a pass-catching option and and in Chicago, you were really hoping that Trubisky were going was going to come back this year and have progress. Well, you're hoping for progress. You know, you just hope these people are trending the right way. But Trubisky doesn't look like he has gotten any better. If any, if, if anything, mm-hmm. he has gotten worse. Yeah. You know, so it's just disgusting. As a Anthony Miller owner, I think you'd be happy if somebody sent you an offer for a 2020 yeah. second. You'd take that. Oh, yeah. And you and I would not suggest, frankly, otherwise, not because I don't believe in the talent of Anthony Miller, but because of the, the, the lack of opportunity that he's bound to see there for probably the next two mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So. I think... Um... Yeah, I think it could be a good good pickup. I think um, people are, you know, a lot of people are also still kind of buying into that that number two for the cheaper deal, and I think Anthony Miller could be that rising star, especially if for some reason Allen Robinson does flame out again. Um, you know, maybe he does start getting more looks, so it'll be interesting. Um, another kind of tapping back into Terry McLaurin, another kind of sneaky Anthony Miller style pickup that you could probably get done uh, on the cheap is Kelvin Harmon uh, mm-hmm. over over in Washington. So I think that could probably get done pretty easily as well. You know, maybe throw that twenty twenty third, see what happens. Yeah, that's that's probably enough. A third would probably do that, and yeah. seems like probably more than enough, should, given that you haven't seen anything out of. Yep. Harmon. And speaking yeah. of so. thirds, 
Uh, <laughs> the player I've been kind of mentioning in leagues all over trying to preach, uh, you know, buy with a 2019 third if you hadn't done your draft, and if you have, buy with a 2020 third uh, before the season started. DJ Chark has now kind of taken off. Um, are you buying DJ Chark? Are you are you trusting that he's going to be the long-term thing? What, 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 what's your thoughts on DJ Chark? Well, I mean, I didn't know anything, honestly, about DJ Chark until until we talked in this uh, podcast a few, what was it, like a month and a half ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what I did after you you and I talked was I just went to go watch film on the guy, you know, as much film as I could. And, and I was impressed and, fr- frankly, fairly um, uh, disappointed that I that as a second-round pick, I didn't know more about him. And it's probably because I just uh, filed him under what a disaster Blake Bortles mm-hmm. is, you know, or was at yeah. the time. So I just kind of just didn't care about uh, about any pass catching, you know, options for Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but I think everything that you said is true, and the in the guy clearly has a, a connection with um, with Gardner Minshew, and I think is showing to everybody that when Nick Foles comes back, he needs he he should be you know up there considering you know i would say a 1a 1b situation with dd westbrook Mm -hmm. you know that's so that's how i would treat dj shark um as an owner and somebody who is targeting him i would probably uh at this point um start negotiation at a you know high second knowing fully well that i'm definitely gonna have to end up paying a first so exactly yeah i think uh i think he did kind of show a little bit more um he showed a little bit of a connection with nick Foles for what little we did see in that first game right you know he was getting targeted by him uh so i did love that um i think that yeah he's gonna be a good uh player that you can kind of potentially target with the fear of the injury of Nick Foles and kind of what is what's the future with Gardner Minshew is, you know, is what does the 2020 Jaguars look like? What does the 2021 Jaguars look like? Um, I think he's a good buy. I think, you know, he's already breaking out in year two. This is kind of the perfect player that we're kind of talking about earlier in the show. Buy after their horrible freshman years. Um, yes. his freshman year was atrocious. You, uh, I went to every single person in the leagues that I didn't have as a startup. And I said, Hey, I'll give you a 2019 third. And I got that deal done with every single person. They said, so, ha, so you got, got charged for third and a bunch of leagues. And now that's a bargain. Right. And so. it's a 2019 third. So it's not even a 2020 third. So. I was I was feeling spectacular. I was like they they thought I was a sucker and I was just walking to the bank laughing, cashing in. Well, this is why it pays off to. Uh, well, first of all, you should be congratulated on your on your call that that of, on, on the breakout coming. Well done. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, and second, you know, it's it's when you're when you have these, you know. Um, it comes with usually comes with research, you know. Usually comes with, with the fact that you've already looked into this guy's 
production and you know who he is uh, what what the guy's strengths and weaknesses are and and you have an informed opinion of who he who who this guy is as a as a dynasty asset yeah. right so then you go and you execute you know your your plan the way that you did and now you're reaping the rewards big times in the leagues where you are able to get it done right exactly. so uh and so just another big piece of advice to dynasty owners trust your gut because otherwise why are you playing this game anyway and oh. then go out and, and and do it you know don't just trust your gut and then hope and what it could have should you know go go out and get it done yeah and one of the big things that we recommend is even though we're kind of hyping up the 2020 class and we're going to talk about it pretty soon here um don't forget the 2019 class there's going to be a lot of people that did not put out and that's where you go in there and you swoop in and you make those offers and you say oh look at this tasty morsel that i have in the 2020 pick and you plop that down right in front of them while you're pickpocketing them from behind mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah on, on a guy on a guy that you that you trust and you know will break out mm-hmm. but yeah. It doesn't look like it that way right now. Yeah, and this is the time where while people are studying the 2020 film, you can you can slide into their DMs and say, oh, check out this player. Wouldn't this player be awesome to have on your team? And you're going back and you're watching the, the 2019 rookie, um, watching their college film so that you can actually kind of know where to strike and tactically uh, make those picks and kind of throw them in there at them. So, uh, I think that's, that's a big one is just kind of, don't forget the roots of these players. That's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. <laughs> so um, what's, what do we got next here? Next, we've got quick questions real quick. So, uh, this quick question comes from Theo jeans. He asks, is it ever too early to rebuild? And if not, uh, should, uh, if not, who should look at rebuilding and when? <clears throat> Okay. Um, well, I think uh, I'll go first, and I'll say that, um, you know, in the past, uh, well, first of all, I, I do think week three, you know, if this is a looking at it from, like, a startup perspective, mm-hmm. like this is year, year one of the league, then I do think that uh, before week three is probably way too early for you to be calling for, for a rebuild unless, and I should put an asterisk on this, is... You know, if you're playing in a in a super flex or two quarterback quarterback uh, league, and mm-hmm. you've had you had, you're in one of those situations where you've lost like all your quarterbacks, and you know you're gonna have to give up, you know, a significant amount amount of assets to be able to, you know, wait out the injuries of your quarterbacks by finding replacements for them. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of at that point make that decision, and, and at this point it may be early enough for you to make that decision if you owned, you know, probably two or more of these um, quarterbacks that were, have been lost in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, it may it may now be in that you may now be in that situation where you do want to call for a rebuild already based on that alone. But outside of that, then then I think you 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 have to be probably you know, a few more weeks in, week four, week five, you probably have some kind of idea of what your season's going to look like. Yeah, I think uh, for me especially, I have, a, I have a team that I kind of 
you know, took a lot of risks on this year uh, due to a new, uh, a new super flex league where um, basically I took a shot on uh, Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones uh, <laughs> against uh, common sense and just wanting to play in a risky kind of potential rebuild kind of situation. Um, I'd say week one, it's a little questionable whether you should consider um, rebuilding uh, because, you know, taking those risks and throwing those high-risk players, like I took uh, in one of my leagues, I took DJ Chark and, or, sorry, was it, I, I can't remember if it was DJ Chark or Terry McLaurin. I think it was actually Terry McLaurin. I tossed him in that super flex spot and I was just like, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> Use it like a right, like a like a, a roulette slot. Exactly. You know? let's, yeah. let's see what we get. See what happens, but be prepared to do that rebuild. Um, one thing that I've always kind of found to be kind of fun, uh, just from a psychological point of view, is people hate to rebuild. Uh, it's kind of a last resort. Everyone who's no matter how much we say, hey, you you need to rebuild, you need to rebuild in people's minds they want to be able to compete they feel like you know because they're paying a league due oh well i should kind of make that do worthwhile and whatnot i should play so giving another rebuilding team any kind of small glimmer of hope by selling them a player for a first and then becoming that full rebuild uh team is definitely a, a good option as well so i'd say kind of be savvy about that know what pieces you can kind of offload uh, and just kind of take those first two, three weeks, like you were saying, and just kind of have those pieces in your back pocket and kind of start those conversations. Just be like, hey, so uh, I might be offloading this player. If you really want him, uh, you need to let me know fast. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think in terms of actually rebuilding, I wouldn't blow up the first week because look at uh, look at these players that just randomly pop up on the scene. You got John Ross, DJ Chark, and uh, Terry McLaurin as some of the top players in right. in the league, and you're just like, what what in the world is going on here? So I'd say don't just because on paper a piece looks bad doesn't mean they're actually bad and i think and, another, and here's another thing i would say is that I've, I've been in that situation uh before where you have to kind of make a decision whether you want to go for a rebuild or not right and what i usually the way that i play dynasty my year to year strategy on dynasty is you know i have a couple of spots on my bench that i use um you know, for long shot, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, something like like a pickup of a Colin Kaepernick kind of mm -hmm. thing, right? And like where you know it's a long shot, and, oh, yeah. and, and it, 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 those types of, of of positions, you know, I use in the same way that you know I, I try to play um, my my week to week dynasty in the same way that I would play a redraft mm -hmm. league, you know, and if there are players that. You know, I can go out and, and acquire, you know, uh, in a way to keep my my team uh, going and getting, you know, those cheap wins in week three or week four, 
to put my team in position to make the playoffs, then I'm sure as hell going to try to do that. You know, I never want to tell anybody that, you know, to go out and, and tank. You know, I think everybody should try as hard as possible to try to stay competitive for as long as possible. And then when you've figured out that you can't possibly be in contention and it's not going to be, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. then I think is, is when you uh, when you can tell yourself that that's when you you should pull the trigger on that. So. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, that you can kind of do to be a little savvy in your rebuilding is uh, in some of these trades, just ask for a little bit of fab here and there. Because what you can do is kind of what Salah is recommending is taking that fab, diving into the waiver wire, and picking up these pieces. Be You kind of have to be like a junkyard picker. You kind of have to go in there and be like, hmm, I can probably get a third for this player, or I can get a fourth maybe uh, if I spin it just right. Uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. that's where like you can really get that rebuild really cheap and really easy. And a lot of people are going, oh, well, I need the first. I mean, look at, look at Terry McLaurin this year. He was a third or fourth round pick. I mean, some people had him a little higher, so they had him in the second round even. But uh, yeah, And even if you part, do end up with a bunch of thirds, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people may be in a situation where, you know, they're they've got a, a late first mm-hmm. and all the players they wanted already got picked and they don't know any better and they'll trade you, you know, three thirds for a first. Mm-hmm. You know? You may be able to move into the, the, the back of that first round again, yeah. even though you've already picked earlier that round, because you've got a you gave somebody, you know, a three for one package during the rookie draft. You never know what's gonna happen. So it's always good to have those extra assets come yeah. rookie draft time. So, um, yeah, not to hit it too hard, but, yeah, the other thing, too, is to kind of, like, during the draft, you know, fever hits, and I've seen it where people pay seconds and thirds the following year for a third this year. <laughs> I mean, second, yeah, so it, it's like the, the draft fever hits, people want to move into the, yep. the class that's being drafted right there. Make, make sure you're the guy taking advantage of the draft fever, not the one being taken advantage in that position. So exactly. Yep. So uh, without any further ado, let's kind of dive into the 2020 class a little bit. Uh, I know we we ran a little bit uh, over in terms of news and notes and just kind of tapping into yep. stuff. Um, we're we're not normally going to dive that deep, but we had a lot of material, basically two weeks worth to cover because. Uh, illnesses and other fun stuff so uh this episode's gonna run a little bit late but we hope that this content's useful and we hope that you guys enjoy it uh so without further ado what we're gonna do is we're gonna tap into our way too early current top 10 2020 rookies Mm -hmm. so and 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 explain to them chris what, what this means in terms of whose lists are we using here yeah, so we're using, we're combining, we, we both made two separate lists of top 10. Uh, we decided not to treat this as a super flex or a tight end premium, uh, so this is kind of a normal standard league in that sense. Uh, so we have, for the most part, or, I mean, completely. We've taken, we've taken quarterbacks completely out, actually, because yeah. <laughs> we, we, we want to do our an episode alone on quarterbacks, so... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, QBs are out. Uh, honorable mention to Alberto. I think he he's a good tight end that you can definitely target. 
um, potentially in the second round. So that's something to keep mindful of. Um, but yeah, let's kind of hop into it. Uh, and... and and we each made our own lists, and those lists are different. So as we go from ten to one, which is how we're gonna do this, um, we may have, and we do, we do have, you know, spoiler alert is that we we ended up having a lot of the same players mm-hmm. on this list, save for a few. Yeah. And most of the players that we had, we had in the same spot. Yeah. We're very close to it. So, uh, so there are a couple of spots where I will have there. In total, there are three names in my list that are not in Chris's list, and vice versa. So, and it's kind of scary. It's funny because we we don't look at each other's. We're not peeking at each other's uh, rankings while we're doing them. We're we just say, "Hey, my list done. Is your list done?" And then we just drop them, and we're like, "Oh, wow." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So, so uh, number ten is uh, unanimous for both of us. Uh, we have Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he's yes. six one, two hundred and seven pounds, uh, and yeah, he's the running 20, back position. Twenty year old running back from Oklahoma State. Yeah, and he is twenty twenty um, eligible. Right, and this is, I think, the, the the one that people are going to say, what, who, like, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> probably have heard of Chuba, Chuba, right, not Chuba? Chuba, um, yeah, that's Chuba. the disappointing, I mean, wouldn't we all love to have Chuba Hubbard? <laughs> yeah, no, Chuba Hubbard, um, uh, it, he's he's uh, probably not in most people's top ten list, mm-hmm. um, and it's curious that he, both, he got on both of ours, list uh right at the number 10 because i think we probably both admit that he's he barely does make that list Mm -hmm. um but i do think you know uh uh talking a little bit about chuba you know we 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 see an elite athlete who who basically you know i'm without looking at all at what he's already done this year Mm -hmm. uh you know thrived and competed for touches with justice hill last year um, and showed some real potential to potential to be an elite running back while he was the 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 backup to Justice Hill. Yeah, the right? fact that he ate into Justice Hill's carries and not uh, just kind of a um, relief style guy really kind of shows his raw potential there. And um, you know, last year we kind of saw a little bit um, of the the pass catching ability that this guy had. Uh, and we're we're gonna see a lot more of that this year, hopefully. Uh, but he really just kind of trends and tracks as like a three-down running back. He's a uh, former track guy. He's very speedy, explosive. Um, his ability to get low and just plow through people, even though he's six feet tall, is just really noticeable on tape. And he's so fast. I mean, he's a tra- he was a track runner, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Right, he's so explosive through the hole, and he's, as you said, a, a great receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, if Justice Hill got almost 300 touches last year, so I, I, I see you know Chuba in that role being able to continue to produce as he has uh, in the first three games of the season. Um, probably going to have just as many touches this year, yeah. um, and and uh, you know a little bit about the situation that that uh, the Oklahoma State. Uh, Cowboys are in is that they had a quarterback controversy you know starting the year they 
they they didn't know whether they were going to go with the senior um, or if they were going to take a chance on the redshirt freshman Spencer Sanders and that who who did end up in the end getting the the uh, the job as being the clearly the most dynamic of the two and the one with the most you know future promise for the for the for the for the for the school um uh even though the the, the senior guy uh, probably was a more consistent you know and, and would be a more consistent week-to-week presence right mm-hmm. so so you know the the concern was that you know spencer sanders is a dual threat quarterback and uh that his rushing ability would take take away from so much uba's workload in, in a way that uh didn't happen with justice hill mm-hmm. um so uh who, who so who so so that and that is in, in some in some way happening because sanders is, is averaging about 75 yards a game rushing mm-hmm. um but what they what what you've also seen is a real you know development of chemistry between chuba and sanders and and uh, and that's resulted in in high numbers for both yeah so yeah uh, i mean this year alone he's already at half his attempts and he's almost passed his rushing yards and he's matched his touchdowns on the year so <laughs> i oh, yeah. only i only see uh things going up for from here for him he's he is in in the industry he is uh one of those uh sleeper running backs he's rising on people's charts right now we just have him a little higher because we've been uh kind of following him a little closer than some of the other uh running backs but i mean well you'll hear you'll hear it first because i don't think it's gonna last that's Mm -hmm. the thing is is not only because of his talent but because of where he is and and because of another name that i have on this list mm-hmm. um uh, who's his teammate um and just that whole dynamic offense that he's a part of right now i think he, he, he this guy is going to be climbing in people's lists very very soon yeah i think uh one of the names that's going to be a shocker that we left out but maybe not so is you know a lot of people have Najee Harris right now pretty high, and uh, you know he didn't quite make the list for either of us, but um, he's definitely spoilers. <laughs> well, I figure if they're not on the list, we can we can mention them. I guess. <laughs> so um, you know, it's kind of that same kind of area right now, at least in the way too early kind of Debbie style um, drafts that you're gonna see uh, Chuba Hubbard go around that area. Um, but yeah, for us, we have met 10. I think that's a good solid spot. It's for being early. It's going to be high, but I think the market's going to rise up to where we have them. And he's just fun to watch, man. He's mm-hmm. just one of those running backs. That's just really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so fast and with the agility to make guys miss an open field and just th- th- those kinds of, you know, 60, 70 yard runs that they, they takes it to the house. So, mm-hmm. um, I, obviously we're both believers and uh you know just even if he does not make other people's top 10 lists just keep an eye out as you move into you know your rookie draft next year maybe maybe he should be higher on your list of uh of where to pick him than than uh, maybe other people will be so giving you a, a look out on that all right, so number nine, you have someone different than myself, and I'm. Let's do, my let's do mine is, first. Yeah. <laughs> let's do mine first because it makes sense from what I just said to them, which was you know that the 
Chuba's teammate, mm -hmm. which I don't, I didn't intend for <laughs> these first two players on my list to be both from Oklahoma State, but that's just where they landed. Yeah. Um, and it's Dylan Wallace. And, you know, this guy is, you know, wide receiver from Oklahoma State, six foot, 185, uh, 185 pounds, 20 year old, uh, a slight frame, elite ball skills, and just a t very fluid receiver. Um, he, um, you know, he picked up the slack last year after James Washington and Marcel Aitman um, left. And uh, he produced uh, 86 catches for 1,491 yards and uh, 12 touchdowns, mm -hmm. uh, which was good for second in the country uh, last year. Um, led the nation with 23 contested catches and 56 first downs uh, and was just a total dominant force for Oklahoma State. Um, so this year already, he's, he started off hot, off hot, showing good connection with that, uh, that redshirt freshman quarterback that I was telling you about, Spencer, Spencer Sanders. And, uh, over the last three, the first three weeks has averaged, averaged five targets for over 120 yards and two touchdowns in every game. So he's balling out, um, ended last year already. As, as a lot of people's top in, in that top 10 list uh, for Devi mm -hmm. um, already and definitely top 10 for 2020 rookies. And so far he's only shown exactly why he should continue to be in that list. And it's probably going to be in a lot more people's, you know, top 10 list than somebody like, like his teammate Chuba. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I, that's, I have Tylen uh, Wallace. I have him just barely outside of the top 10. I think I have him like, I would say top 12, top 14 around there. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that range is good. A lot of these guys, once you start getting, um, you know, and once we start breaking them down into tiers, if we uh, do that eventually, um, we'll kind of see that, yeah, some of the tiers kind of start blending together. And Tylen Wallace just kind of fits in that tier where, uh, you know, we'd love to include them at the top 10. But for me, I just mm -hmm. have them just outside of it. Yeah, and in the same way, the guys that you have in this list that I don't, it's the same thing with me. Like, these guys are all in my top. The guys that you have in this list are all my top 20, for mm -hmm. sure. So yeah. so my, t my number nine and your eight, uh, we have the same guy yep. here. We've got Tyler Johnson, uh, 6'2", 205 pounds out of Minnesota. Um, yeah, this guy, I mean, route running, route running, route running. This guy is... Yeah, man, an amazing route runner. <laughs> what a what a baller, man! I mean, just what is he? He reminds me of like Keenan Allen. Yeah, is what he reminds me of. Um, just not like not the most athletic guy, mm -hmm. you know. Like just like Keenan Allen, you know, he doesn't come across as being an the uber elite athlete, but yeah. he just runs the route so smoothly and and. Uh, <laughs> And, and you know should should note that he was a basketball player and and that is like apparent when mm -hmm. he like uses his body to yeah. kind of like twist in the yeah, air he like plants himself and then repositions really fast and makes some of those really tricky kind of catches on tape and it's 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 interesting to kind of see him do some of those like really quick moves like that like what you're saying with the basketball player kind of style and the foot and the footwork at the scrimmage, you mm -hmm. know, just just making people look silly at the line of scrimmage, 
is is so much fun to watch and 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 this year he's been you know paired up over shot bateman who's uh, you know between the two or they're just you know balling out at a high level you know mm-hmm. but because minnesota is not so not a, a pass first team um it, 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 both of them cannot be having you know big games every week so they're they've been kind of going back and forth between you know tyler johnson and rashad bateman this year for who who has a game uh mm-hmm. you know tight with tyler johnson definitely producing more uh he you know last week against georgia southern uh he had the the game winning catch which was this, this acrobatic leaping catch to win the game uh, in, in, in a night where he caught 10 passes for 140 yards and three touchdowns. So when he gets targeted, this guy just torches people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, for, for, for the way that I see, especially with this 2019 class of wide receivers doing fairly well, um, is, uh, you know, w- w- what you want to, with the, mo or at least the uh what the, the commonly accepted knowledge is that what, what keeps you know young wide receivers off of you know being high level producers in the nfl in the first year or two is 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 route running mm-hmm. you know and and learning the playbook and 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 learning to run the routes uh at the at the at the pro level yeah. and uh if you come to the nfl with already that type of elite route running talent you're mm-hmm. you're you're going to be that guy that's going to be much more likely to produce at that uh nfl level on day one yeah he's so, he's one of those plug and play guys that he can definitely hit you can just toss him into a in into a system and kind of uh just destroy like hop in and be ready day one and i think that's kind of like what we're seeing with keenan allen like you're mentioning is he's so viable still everyone thinks you know this is the mike williams show mike williams is going to take over with the height and everything but the route mm-hmm. running is what keep is keeping running, keenan yeah. allen um consistent keeping him viable everything and the thing that i like about uh tyler johnson is his height i think that that's going to be a huge advantage you know yep he's kind of skinny he's kind of that that wiry frame of you know, six two, two hundred and five pounds. You have them at one ninety, so you know there's some just different tire, different different yeah. ways. You know, these guys go up and down 10, 20 pounds all the time. So yeah, so I can see him using his route running in combination with his height for making some of those really tricky, contested and fun catches that you'll you'll just you'll be surprised that he's beating these people because he's just running these routes so smoothly. Yeah, no, just a, just a total total beast, man. So that's all I got to say about Tyler Johnson. He is somebody who will be in a lot of people's top ten list. Mm-hmm. So um, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you said, that that was your your nine and my uh, eight. So who, why didn't you tell the yeah. listeners who your eight was? So my number Chris? eight is uh, Lavisca Chenault out of uh, Colorado. Um, six foot twelve, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, this guy has uh, lots of tools in his in on his belt. This guy can be used all over the field. Uh, got great speed, uh, great deep threat. Uh, can pretty much play anywhere. Um, kind of comping very similar to that like uh that play style. I hate. 
kind of what we expected out of Sammy Watkins when he first entered the NFL. Um, just kind of, you know, being able to kind of fit in and just really benefit and uh, help out an offense. I think that he's got that capability. He can, his with his speed, he can, you know, he catches it in an open field. He'll take it all the way home. Um, <laughs> this guy's also kind of a beast of a player, you know, he's 220 pounds. Uh, yeah. when he's at full speed, he's a, he's a bulldozer, you know, he's gonna, mm-hmm. he's gonna knock some people over it's get out of his way or he's going to take you down. Uh, so I really like that. I like that, um, that physicality that he's got there. So I think, uh, combined with his speed and everything, I think that he's got a lot going for him and would definitely be a good asset on your team. And I think that, uh, he's one of those players that can really fit in pretty well and kind of be that, uh, gadget player that just kind of fits in wherever the need is. And and I'll admit that I think most people do have, Chenault on their top 10 list. I'm just not one of them. Not, and again, not because I don't like him. I think he's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I just have him uh, behind a couple of the other wide receivers that, that we're going to mention. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Number seven. Go ahead and seven. talk about uh, your, your yeah. guy. So, you know, I, I love this guy. I, I actually made a move on him on, on, on one of my Devil Leagues a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was before he started balling out this year. Yeah. Uh, and I I'm, was disappointed because I was about to make a move on him too. <laughs> that's, I just love Henry Ruggs, man. This guy is just another one of these that is so much fun to watch, right? Elite speed and athleticism, like, most explosive wide receiver in college football i think mm-hmm. one of the top playmakers in, in in college football uh probably has like the raw talent that's just unmatchable and mm-hmm. uh and you know people people want to uh you know always want to make the comparison of, of people players fast players like uh Michael hardman and andy isabella and they're they want to compare his speed to to uh tyreek hill and this is one guy that where where it might actually be the case at, at the at the bare minimum, mm-hmm. right? Um, he this guy has a legit chance of running uh, a four two in the combine. Um, he his profile would be so his his he would be looked at so much higher if he were not in the same team as Jerry Judy, and that's just you know. 100% my belief is that this guy would be right up there with Jerry Judy uh, on most people's list if he were not playing behind him in Alabama. So, uh, you know, and I know that you agree with me in this guy's elite speed mm-hmm. and athleticism. Yeah, right. Yeah. They, uh, I think it was this last game, uh, um, OBJ was uh, clocked at 20 miles per hour. Well, uh, Henry Ruggs has been clocked at 23 miles per hour <laughs> just yeah, to like kind of show that speed. Something yeah, it's something crazy, and it, it's just like this guy is going to be the speed demon. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see. If you if you don't take him down, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, you know, I, I admit that I think his, uh, his, this guy had could, could develop the type of uh, route running ability that we were just talking about with uh tyler johnson he would be you know the best wide receiver in football mm-hmm. right and uh and, and that's where he needs to work uh on is his route running ability mm-hmm. and if he does that he's gonna be you know the next tyree kill so 
uh, this year already. He's, uh, as I said, balled out. Mm. Uh, when he's targeted, he produces like an elite wide receiver. Last week against uh, South Carolina, he caught six balls for 122 yards and a touchdown. Um, the plays he makes are unbelievable. Watch his film. He's one of those kind of guys where you just need to, you know, type in Henry Ruggs on YouTube and watch his touchdowns because they're so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a fun landing spot. It'd be interesting to kind of see him paired up with like a uh, uh, Nikhil Harry. Could you imagine him and Nikhil Harry on the same field with Tom Brady? Well, just great compliments to each other for sure. I mean, that would be unfair. God. Yeah. Oh, it'd be dirty. <laughs> I don't want to put would, that out there in the universe. I take but, it back. But, I'm but, sorry. But but that would be, you know, uh, Jared Stidham's Patriots, right? Not not mm-hmm. Tom Brady. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's still more quarterbacks to fall this season. I mean, we're only week three, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> don't mean to jinx them, but there you go, guys. Uh, so number seven for myself is Eno Benjamin. Uh, mm-hmm. He's five ten, two hundred and one pounds, out of Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State, yeah, they don't really have much of an option other than to kind of run it through. Eat you em. know, <laughs> eat him. Yeah, um, you know he's he's a bit smaller, um, but I think um, when he makes what he makes up for that is the toughness in that package. You know, he's kind of. That, that little bruiser. Uh, he has the ability to shake off uh, contact, and I've kind of noticed it was it was definitely shining in the film that I was watching. Uh, and he has also got some, some receiving capability. I think uh, they don't touch on it too, too much in Arizona, but what you can see, it's... Uh, you know, it's definitely there. He's got to work on his hands a little bit more, but I think that he definitely has the potential to be that dual threat uh, running back. Um, so I think, uh, you know, he could, I think he might drop a little bit. He's one of those people that I think as people start kind of rising, um, he's he's definitely got the potential to kind of be forgotten a little bit. So he could be a really good late first round steal. Uh, and definitely if he does work on that, get you some PPR upside or at least some goal line, uh, capability in there. Um, I think that, uh, you know, kind of what you were saying, you've got a lot of risers on your team, so they probably edged him out, uh, down a little bit lower. Yeah, that's the case. He's just outside of my top 10, so I have nothing but good things to say about, you know, uh, so, but I, because we only have limited time, we'll... We'll move on to the next guy. Yep. And so you've got uh, who you got number six? Is it me? Um, yeah. Let's talk about my guy first. Um, I have Cam Akers at number six. What do I think about Cam Akers? I'm gonna pull the the video so that I'm watching <laughs> as as I'm talking to you yeah. guys. Yeah, um, Cam Akers is one of those guys a, that got edged out for me as well. I think he's yeah. he's kind of in that fourteen to sixteen range for myself. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he can definitely potentially be moved back into that that first round picture, but I think uh, right now I've got him early second round. Well, let's tell the listeners he's uh, 5'11", 215 pounds, uh, twenty years old, um, running back from uh, Florida State. And, uh, and really, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, probably in this case, probably is outside of your top 10 based on, you know, just 
what a terrible situation he's in and terrible year that he had mm-hmm. last year um, compared to the year before, right? So the story of Cam Akers is a story of this like really elite athlete who's just, in my opinion, drowning in the mediocrity of this Florida State team. Um, this year already, they're already one and two after three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cam came in the, to the league, you know, took it by storm in his first year and then had a disappointing second season. Uh, definitely a lot of pressure this year to produce at that elite level again uh, before the clearing for the for the draft. Um, and he's just that kind of guy that's, you know, once he finds that running lane, he hits it like a rocket, um, hurt, runs with purpose, like hurts people, get in his way, uh, tenacious, right? Um has has a he has a definite potential to make an impact in the NFL. Hmm. Um, uh, one of those like really strong guys that uh, like squats six hundred pounds and does three hundred fifteen pound power cleans and um, just you know a hard worker, right? Um, and who might end up being you know a good value for both fantasy and. Uh, in the NFL draft because of the situation that he's in. And I think the savvy, you know, film watchers and scouts are going to probably get a good value out of him because the lack of production that he's bound to see out of in in the situation that he's in at Florida state. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I see see him as kind of uh, one of those guys that you can get a sneaky, like second round steal if he doesn't get taken in the first round. Um, I, I like, you know, it might be one of those ones where you kind of say like you're targeting the, the person that's looking to be the league champion and you're saying, Hey, you need this, uh, this piece to kind of push you over the edge. Uh, I know you don't really want to get rid of your first. So what do you, what about maybe your second? And I think you mm-hmm. could, you could probably walk out of the draft, especially with that bad O-line, um, with cam Akers and you you're feeling pretty good yeah just let the guy watch a couple more games of of this terrible situation that he's in which just sucks mm-hmm. um and and uh and you know he'll, he'll start wanting to sell um you know real soon if he he is in, in the mood already mm-hmm. so uh but with that said i do think you know in relation to um you know where he's you know i don't know where he will land in terms of a team but i just think he will be an asset in whatever team he lands and would probably be you know if he had a solid off offensive line he would he would break into that short list of top to the mm-hmm. top three running backs uh in my opinion he'd so, be a good sneaky kind um, of this class like this. a buccaneers kind of pickup or something like that Oh yeah, he would <laughs> instantly become by miles away the best running back in that mm-hmm. team. Yeah, I could see him fitting in that pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right, so this next guy that I got here uh, at six, you have him at five. Uh, so let's yeah. talk a little bit about him. We got C.D. Lamb, uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver, six foot two, hundred ninety one pounds, uh, out of Oklahoma. Um, what are your thoughts on him? I, you've got him a little bit higher. I'm kind of curious to see. Um, well, by uh, one, right? I mean, that's, yeah, by one. <laughs> by nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's not too much. Um, no. You know, he's 
he's a, I think we both have the same same view of of, of CD Lamb. I mean, the guy's a freaking beast, you yeah. know. Uh, he, you know, you know, you're a beast when your older teammate was Hollywood Brown, and you guys still split production fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's 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 shown the ability to you know be a deep ball uh, catcher as well as a short intermediate sort of possession uh, wide receiver as well. Um, so he's got this flexibility that's going to be a, a an asset for whatever team picks him up in the NFL. Um, excellent at timing his jumps and making like really difficult grabs that you wouldn't uh, that you wouldn't yeah. think he could, he could grab right yeah he's uh, he's tall he's he's fighting those uh i i have it in my notes yeah he's just so aggressive and jumps for those difficult uh balls and uh you know i was watching his tape and there was one that was really kind of it was kind of humorous but it was kind of amazing he like it got tossed at him from behind and he caught it like on his shoulders i don't know if you saw that that particular oh i'm sure i've seen i've seen most (laughs) of this guy's highlights but his 100 one-handed catches you know at the sideline and just he's he's the guy that has those types of highlights you know um and those catches that are just elite you know ball skills yeah you know and he's Um, he's got that good ability to kind of either go deep or just cut across the field and just destroy people oh right after the catch right i mean i mean mm-hmm. before the catch i should we should also you know mention you know he does all this because he has this elite ball skills but also um i also uh is is the best ball tracker of this class in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, right so he can tell the adjustments that he makes uh, while he's running his routes and, and when he's looking at the ball coming, like the adjustments that he makes put him in position to, to make those catches, you know. So he, he has a patience and, and, and vision, which is also what you see after the catch as well when he finds the, the running lanes and sort of like waits for his blocks, um, which I always love to see in, in, in a smart running back and a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just uses his agility to make defenders miss, right? So uh, if, if, if there's anything to improve on, it would be like his, you know, sort of the sort of things that you can't really improve on. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like his, his speed and strength. I guess he can hit the, the weight room a little bit more. Um, you don't want to see, you know, a guy that that's, uh, sometimes are, is listed um, at 175 pounds. Right, mm-hmm. so you, you you want you want a little bit more meat in the yeah. bone. It looks there. like from what I've what I pulled, I, I pulled that he's 191, so he definitely added some weight. There. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but that's all. That's been the hit. That's been. Uh, I'm glad to see because that's been the thing. You know, get a little bit bigger. You know, get a little bit faster mm-hmm. if you can. Yeah, because then um, you can push it, those guys around more when you are getting aggressive, like the way he likes to play. And, and you can tell if he just had just a little bit more juice in a mm-hmm. lot of these plays, he would take some the, some of these to the house, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and this uh, this year so far, he's already in his first three games, uh, caught a touchdown in every game. Um, and because Oklahoma has just been annihilating everybody, mm-hmm. um, they shifted the running game so early. Um, you know, at least wide receivers just haven't been getting a lot of targets. Yeah. Uh, but if, if Jalen Hurts is going to be competing for the Heisman this year, which is, you know, looking to be the case, then he's going to have to really rely on developing that chemistry with with C.D. Lamb. And, 
who's going to probably enter the, the the draft next year as most people's either number one wide receiver in the class or number two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that was uh, my sixth and your fifth. Uh, right. For my fifth, I've got uh, Jalen Rieger, uh, wide receiver. He's 5'11", 195 pounds out of uh, Texas Christian University. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of think that's kind of why he's not on a lot of people's top 10 uh, <laughs> lists here is, you know, he's... Oh, he is in a lot of people's lists. He's, he's on some, yeah. I'll give, I'll give him that. Um, I think... Uh, I think the the school is definitely a big thing. But, yeah. you know, here's one of... I was doing a, some of the research on him, and I found that it was kind of interesting, is uh, this guy's truly quarterback agnostic. Uh, and what I mean by that is last year, I believe he played with uh, anywhere between three to five, depending on who's talking. I think it was five uh, different QBs last year and produced with all of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, pretty unbelievable right yeah this guy's got great route running and he's amazing with uh uh contested catches his uh his jumping and the height for some of these catches are just insane and definitely noticeable on tape and Mm -hmm. his ability to juke um kind of it's really nice it reminds me of uh, it's it almost gives Jerry Judy a run for his money. I, I would say if anyone's got the potential to kind of do that, I think he's one of the ones that could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he he's 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 totally elite, man. I mean, yeah. I think for for you're, you're totally right in the sense that if if he's not on your top ten list like me, it's because I want to see him play some bigger schools mm-hmm. and that, that's that's essentially why he probably doesn't make the top 10 um uh which isn't fair yeah because <laughs> so, he's so talented right so yeah and i think that's where if you're gonna do an early draft or you are gonna kind of sneak around and kind of get him he's he's not on a lot of, he's not on people's radars as high as he should be uh and i think that depending on you know where you can find them you could get them in good value or depending on his landing spot he could be in really amazing pickup so yeah yeah i think uh i think he's a good sleeper he's up there he's my uh well this is what this is a great example of what how stacked this class is is that mm-hmm. um he, he probably if he doesn't go in uh sort of the standard 12 team you know first round rookie drafts next year he's he's gonna go in the second and and if he does he's gonna be the kind of you know second round player that would be in most most years you know early to middle first round Mm -hmm. uh pick you know just the the amount of talent this guy has is just it only falls down the list so far because of the 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 amount of ridiculous talent that's above Mm -hmm. you know so uh that's just a great example of the depth of this uh uh, class next year and why you shouldn't be hoarding just 2021st but you should be trying to hoard 2022nds as well exactly yeah so uh this is where i think we're we're pretty much unanimous the rest of the way this is where we join yeah, <laughs> i was actually very uh surprised and impressed to see the uh, total coordination one to four mm-hmm. um 
so you know let's just go right at it and tell uh, uh and and i'll say again if cam Akers had a better offensive line i might have him in this number four position rather than jonathan taylor who mm-hmm. is who we have as our number four uh in our list of top 10 rookies for 2020 mm-hmm. what's your take yeah Sorry, yeah, repeat that one more time. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, um, out of I, Wisconsin, running back, 5'11", 215 pounds. Um, you know, I was just saying how, you know, I, listen, I think this guy is super talented. I was just saying that I probably would have him out of that top three running back discussion. Mm-hmm. Had I would have Cam Akers in there if Cam just had a better yeah. situation, better offensive line. I um, but I think Jonathan Taylor, again, is elite and deserves to be in this top three discussion as, as it is right now. Yeah, so. I think uh, Jonathan Taylor, if he has the potential to be just as good and enter that tier with uh, DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne, mm-hmm. um, I think that he's just barely edged out. Um, and I think one of, that, one of those reasons that kind of edges him out is look at his usage his usage is almost as much as both of the players combined in terms of rushing yards (laughs) you know how much how much uh tread's gonna be left on the tire when right right (laughs) so yeah if he doesn't declare this year he's uh, i don't yeah that would that would be insane no it would be foolish yeah Yeah. oh he'd get run into the ground and he'd fall apart but I'll say this, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, I think Jonathan Taylor may be the best, like, pure runner mm-hmm. uh, in this class. Um, he's got elites, this, the, like, this uh, great combination of, of elite size and elite speed, yeah. you know? What, what I hate about Jonathan Taylor is, is all the fumbling last mm-hmm. year, and, uh, and I think that's what you'll hear from most people that dislike, you know running backs because the problem i have with with stuff like that is that it doesn't impact uh, these guys on the in the, the college level that much but most nfl coaches will bench your ass for that mm-hmm. and they will not and you will not get out of the doghouse you know easily if you if you are that careless with the ball and i think i do like to see that he's been better about it this year um but uh, you know, that's what kept him, you know, in my opinion, you know, from being in that discussion mm-hmm. of, you know, the elite running backs in this class. Um, but he has, you know, improved in uh, with with the fumbles. Yeah. So, and uh, one thing that is kind of interesting is, you know, there. I think he does have the potential to do some pass catching work um but you know historically wisconsin just doesn't really focus on the pass catching side so you don't really see that too much with him Mm -hmm. um i think he has it he's i mean melvin gordon's a a product of wisconsin as well and look how good he's doing in the pass catching kind of game um you know i hate to like kind of use that as a crutch argument but we are seeing that kind of from jonathan taylor we're seeing the 
potential and the capability of doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just not seeing that it's a focus. So that's something that hopefully, I, I mean, you and I probably both would love to see more of when he does enter the NFL. Right. And I'm kind of hoping that comes out a little bit in the combine as well. Yeah, that is a crutch argument, but I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I do agree that you know you do want to see more pass catching, and mm -hmm. uh, you have been seeing more pass catching as of late. Yeah. So that's that's nice, um, you know. And he again posted over 2,000 scrimmage yards while averaging seven mm -hmm. yards a carry, and I think that deserves a lot of respect. Yeah. And uh, you know, he has the look and the feel of a workhorse in an NFL team. But as he said, how much threat is left? Mm -hmm. So, um, again, improve the fumbling, catch some more passes, and show that you can continue to be, you know, a durable workhorse. And you know, th this guy will land in a in a team that will use him for as long as he's got juice, you mm -hmm. know, and he'll be a valuable dynasty asset for years to come. Mm -hmm. So, so two and three. I don't know if you feel this way, and I kind of just kind of want to preface it, but I kind of feel like it's a 2A and a 2B kind of situation. Do you kind of agree that way? Um, or are you a little bit more I divided? Don't. No, I'm, 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 for me, it's it's more a 3 and 2 situation. Okay. So so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of bring that out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, uh, number three unanimous is Travis Etienne. Mm -hmm. uh, running back out of Clemson, 5'10", 215 pounds. Um, yeah, this guy's primarily used uh, in the rushing game. You know, there is some receiving there. Um, but, boy, can this guy bounce off of <laughs> people and keep running. Yeah, um, yeah. This guy, you hit him. And he's he's like the the old toy the the Bobo clown. I don't you know can't if you knock those. him down. It's just the balance through contact is that is is elite, yeah. you know. And that's kind of what what he is. He's that guy that that okay. Oh, he's tackled. Oh, oh no, wait, he's not tackled. Mm -hmm. How's how's he still up? Yeah. Oh, oh, he's he's touchdown. You know, it's like you 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 think he's gonna be tackled and he's tackled and he's not, and uh, it's all because of that balance that yeah. he has through the contact. And and, and that's and the crazy. That with that. That's the crazy part too is after he makes that contact, he's not slowed down much, but he also rebounds and speeds up almost that immediately burst. right after. Yeah, and that that burst, that is, burst is insane, and the. Uh, the speed when he gets those breakaways, it seems like it's even faster. Uh, I know that uh, DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne uh, posted similar uh, 40 times. I can't remember. I think it was a 4-5. Um, but I feel like uh, in terms of the burst and like ramping up into that next gear, I feel like mm -hmm. Travis Etienne kind of has that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where... He's got the edge that puts him into that 2B kind of category for me. Is that, um, you know, that ability to bounce yeah. off of the contact and that ability to get that burst and not lose much of that burst when he's. Well, so so I'll tell you that. what the difference is for me. Like, I I think for me, it's is a very clear I, the kind of back that I would rather own mm -hmm. in fantasy is one that uh, makes guys miss and. Um, catches passes mm -hmm. okay um that to me is not travis Etienne. Mm -hmm. to me 
you know, that's DeAndre Swift, yeah. who's our guard number two, so, which we can kind of just kind of couple in this discussion right here. Yeah. Um, no, DeAndre Swift is is five uh, nine, two hundred and twenty five pounds, uh, twenty one years old from Georgia, and um, uh, you know just to finish off on Travis Etienne and kind of move into uh, DeAndre Swift and why I think that there's a bigger separation than just an A B uh, distinction is that uh, is 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 that difference that Etienne is got this insane balance through mm-hmm. the contact right. Um, and we'll probably always have a higher uh, yards after contact than Swift, mm-hmm. right? The difference is that Swift is is making guys miss. He's yeah. he's not he's not taking that contact to begin with. Like like Etn is not the kind of guy that has the the sort of combination of moves that are gonna make like three or four guys miss in open field. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's DeAndre Swift, and and coupled out with the the the, the fact that. Uh, everybody who buys into ETN should be aware that the guy has already admitted that he's not comfortable passing, uh, catching passes, mm-hmm. and it's something that he needs to further develop, which he probably, which he will. You know, yeah. he will become a better pass catcher. But you should understand right now that he, that's not a strong part of his game. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at, at DeAndre Swift, is it's an elite part of his game, mm-hmm. right? He's an elite route runner and he's an elite pass catcher. Yeah. Right, so that's that's to me what what this makes the biggest distinction between uh, number three and number two. Here. Yeah, he's kind of got that um, Chubb esque kind of feel to him, but I think like landing spot potentials. Like I think if he landed in a system very similar to like, uh, I think uh, the Texans would be a really good landing spot because we're seeing even now that Watson doesn't really target. Uh, he you know he's preferring Carlos Hyde versus the targeting right. of Duke Johnson. I think that's a system where Travis Etienne he would do better and really yeah. do well. And if mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift kind of lands in a grosser spot, I can see I can see a world where we flip flop these names depending on the spots. Oh yeah, depending in. on the spots, absolutely. I I mean this is just based on pure talent, exactly. not opportunity, yeah. because we don't know we can't tell who's going to land where you know um but you know moving into further into deandre swift mm-hmm. right like to me just the most smooth complete yeah. back like i compare him to like an alvin Kamara type mm-hmm. um, now did you watch because i did this i went back and i watched the college tape for Kamara, and i did watch the uh tape for deandre swift and i watched them right next to each other uh, did you do anything like that? I didn't do it next to each other, but I've seen both of their tapes, and yeah, I did yeah. see it both of their tapes through this exercise. Yeah, yeah, because I, I wrote down here this guy reminds me of Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like he was a more physical, explosive Kamara, and his jukes seemed more smooth and just kind of really nice. But he he did have kind of that Le'Veon Bell kind of feel as well with the patience and kind of being elusive in that nature so it's almost like a really good hybrid of Kamara and Le'Veon Bell yeah to me he the, the he is the best running best back prospect since Saquon Barkley because for me he's got that elite uh cutting talent uh skill that you see in in, in players like you know the old school Shady McCoy and uh, uh Lev Bell and and uh, Joe Mixon uh uh, Zeke, 
Alvin Kamara of that ability to just kind of do the go stop go foot foot move without losing any momentum you know mm. where he's just he's just in running full speed does the little go stop and makes guys miss an open field and loses no speed mm. you know just like continues to go at full speed right after making some guy just like break his ankle yeah. right right in front yeah he's kind of like that our number one guy he kind of just stops on a dime and just can completely oh, go different directions insane <laughs> man. you know it's just um so, so for me, just just what a what a stud, right? Mm-hmm. He's he, you can't decide whether he's uh, you got to pick your poison. You know, either he's gonna you know sidestep his way past you, or he's gonna run you over too because he's no butterfly, right? This guy's got power behind him as well. So if mm-hmm. you do happen to try to tackle him, it's gonna hurt. He's going in for the hit. And so, do you get run over or do you get run around? Pick your poison. <laughs> yeah. You know. And uh, and and then so and to finish off, you know, which I had mentioned with Ethian is uh, this guy received 12% of the target share of his team's passes last year, mm-hmm. which was tied for third behind only Michael Hardman and Riley Ridley. So you know, when we're talking about you know the top elite end talent of the NFL, you know, it's hard to make it to that top of mm-hmm. like Zeke and, and Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey and Saquon without that pass catching ability yeah. that, that comes along with that. And, uh, this is somebody who will, who can and will join that, uh, group of elite talent, whether this wears the same, I cannot say about Travis Etienne. I yeah. don't know if he will ever be in that elite group. He could, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he will. Yeah, I think he'd be. I, I think he'd, I, I'm kind of liking the Chubb kind of comparison. I think that's kind of the level that he could be in, and I, I think he's he's going to be serviceable, and I think he's going to win you weeks for Etienne. Um, I did like that you kind <clears> of <throat> brought up the plowing over for Swift. I mean, take a look at. I encourage everyone to take a look at the film, see the just to see even the body type in comparison of Swift to Kamara. He's more built. He's more physical. He is going to yeah. be able to plow. So it's kind of... He does. <laughs> it's gonna and he does, and he takes pleasure in it, it seems, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's... he's uh, it, to, to me, he just gets catapulted to the very top of the class by, by the combination of all these things that I, I see in, in, in the type of elite running back that you that you that you always are you know in a startup dynasty you're you're picking these guys at the beginning of the first round Mm -hmm. you know um the the the, so because you know the only negative that you can even bring up with him is that he hasn't shown the type of uh bell cow ability you know Mm -hmm. he's he doesn't have the you know it's the opposite of jonathan taylor you know where he doesn't have the thread in the tires and and it's the Mm -hmm. same same type of uh criticism that uh, Josh Jacobs saw before mm-hmm. becoming, you know, the bell cow in Oakland. I kind of so, like that, though, because they've got so many amazing pieces over there. I mean, look at Zamir White behind them. So I like that they can just kind of plug and play who they want there and just kind of throw teams off. Um, I don't think that's any kind of dig against them. I mean, at that point, we are really, like, we're digging, we're mining for any kind of flaw that anything, we can find yeah, in them. Totally. And <laughs> I think... Well, it's just a question mark. You know, people like to know what they're getting. Um, mm-hmm. 
you don't know that you're getting a bell cow because you haven't seen somebody use them as one. But if yeah. you just know what to look for in terms of skill and ability on film, you know that this guy is going to be mm-hmm. a three down back and an elite guy yeah. picked in the beginning of the first round in every draft moving mm-hmm. forward. He's going to be that guy. I mean, we're talking top three, top four. These are the guys that you're going to be trying to find those rebuild teams, and you're going to try to do everything you can to convince them that they need to give you your, their first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the first. Yeah. So number one overall, as many of you may have guessed, is Jerry Judy, six foot mm-hmm. one, 192 pounds, wide receiver for Alabama. Yeah, baby. Oh, this guy is elusive, and he just jukes for days. <laughs> He's so good. It's unfair. He's at another level. I mean, for me, him and Swift are just at another level of yeah. the rest of these guys. Just, just so elite all mm-hmm. around in everything. Such a beast. Yeah. Uh, I kind of they're but, elusive, whereas like I feel like Travis Etienne is like the juggernaut from x-men yeah you know totally <laughs> totally it gets like, <laughs> like, come at me bro and just like knock you over that's mm-hmm. fine and then keep running you know mm-hmm. that's etn there right so you know judy right an animal he's uh he's the kind of wide receiver right that i think not only does he become you know somebody who goes top of the uh mm-hmm. fantasy pick and the, the draft but also goes in the top of the nfl draft mm-hmm. too i think he's like, gonna be league defining in the nfl yes agreed <laughs> he's, he's that kind of like uh, uh game breaking type mm-hmm. of talent yeah um he's he doesn't now let's say he's not he's not uh as big as some of these prototypical number one wideouts mm-hmm. um but he has drawn comparisons to people like Julio jones um he has strong hands elite route running which is paramount here mm-hmm. um and above average athleticism but not elite athleticism athleticism you know mm-hmm. which is something to be to be aware of um the, but, but there really are no holes in his talent you know um, after calvin really left for the nfl judy took over in alabama and then picked up where he right where really left off right mm-hmm. caught 68 passes for 1300 yards and 14 touchdowns uh on the way to being named the top receiver in the country uh led the sec with 570 yards on deep pass plays and pff has him at 13.7 yards per target which is the best in the nation mm-hmm. just like in every measurable and film uh comparison is just and the kind of guy who uh has all of the pieces of all of these other wide receivers that we've been talking about right the route running the ball skills the the uh, above average athleticism the the uh ball tracking skills he's just in, in all of those like when you're talking about route running ability it was always you know the between the person a and jerry judy if you're talking about best hands it's always between person a and jerry judy you know it's yeah. always jerry judy exactly. so that's it, what that's why he's here it's so gross he's so gross it's not even fair it feels like just watching some of the film that we're watching like there was one part or part in the film that i was watching where there's a play where he basically stops in front of a defender and like <laughs> challenges him and just like yeah people think like the play's dead he just 
jukes around him and <laughs> runs it in. I, I don't know if you saw I, that. I, I just, play, I just but... no, I just watched the play where he like he moves out of the way for this guy who's coming to block him, mm-hmm. and the guy flies so far that he hits his teammate down, and just like he's really just making people look foolish. Yeah, it's, and it's just it's like he's playing against like Pop Warner. Yes. <laughs> It's like this guy is like that, those elite high school athletes that you see just like, mm-hmm. not it's not fair, yeah. you know. It's, it's uh, the man boys. Yes. <laughs> so that's why he's here, the top of our list. And I think, you know, in the end it comes down to whether or not you're the kind of mm-hmm. dynasty player that likes to take wide receivers yeah. high. And, or if you're not. And, and if you're not, then he's not going to be your number one. But we both are. Yeah. So. And kind of to tie into that. I mean, you're going to get more longevity out of the wide receiver position. We both kind of agree there. You know, you're going to get that uh, three- to six-year window out of a, a running back tops, and uh, you're going to get a lot more. You're going to get that, uh, what, six- to nine-year window out of a wide receiver? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, you're going to be very pleasantly surprised you're going to have him. He's... He is one of the players that you can build your long-term dynasty out of. And I think yes. you'd be very happy with that. So um, he's one of those players that it's uh, worth tanking for. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not but saying I, go out there and not, take it. But we do not encourage tanking. Yeah. So Yeah, if you're um, rebuilding and you're already kind of heading down there, uh, it's something to look forward to, and I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. Uh, yep. So with that, let's go ahead. Uh, you want to read off your top ten list uh, in yep. in order, and I'll read mine off? Yep, yep. So uh, I had uh, Chuba Hubbard at number ten, Tillon Wallace, Tyler Johnson, Henry Ruggs, Cam Akers, CeeDee Lamb, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, and Jerry Judy. All right, and I have at number 10 to number 1, uh, Chuba Hubbard, Tyler Johnson, LaVisca Chenault, Eno Benjamin, C.D. Lamb, uh, Jalen Rieger, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, and Jerry Judy. So there, there you have, have it. Yeah, we, we highly recommend buying 2020. However, let us preface that 2021 also looks like a very very strong class so do not (laughs) go easily selling the 2021s so just be mindful of that when you're trying to chase those 2020s it looks stacked and also remember that you know the rule of thumb is that uh, yes these are uh, awesome picks that are going to be coming up and next rookie drafts are going to be very fun Mm -hmm. um but you, you don't want to give up proven, productive talent right now in the NFL for what are essential question marks into the mm-hmm. future. Yeah. So in my opinion, you know, current value always is above future value uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, question marks in picks. Yeah. So just be careful how you're acquiring these picks and make sure that you're not giving away too much for for them. Yeah. So always chase, always chase the championship. That's what we're here for. 
Um, <laughs> we're not here to just kind of constantly be in a rebuilding stage, but um, 2020 and 2021 is the perfect two years back to back to fully rebuild. So uh, if you are a struggling team, take solace in that. Just uh, like Miami. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, do what you got to do. Thanking for two. What? Taking for tanking for T law. Oh yeah. Yeah, so there we have it. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the the first episode here. We went long. Uh, we just kind of wanted to give you that uh, that thought process on uh, kind of targeting some of these 2020 players. Uh, so we really encourage you to go out and get it get it done. And we'll do you... more. We'll do more in the future. The Definitely. list from like 11 to 20 and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah. we'll try to be more brief next time yeah and we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do like a two-round mock draft or something like that coming up here uh for sounds good rookies. um but yeah if you guys enjoyed the show go ahead and hit us up on uh any of the sites that we're on we're on uh spotify uh apple podcast stitcher yep. uh go ahead and rank us high leave us a review we enjoy that we love your feedback and uh, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. Uh, I'm at uh, Dynasty Pang and Solo's at the Dynasty Don, and you can find us both at Dynasty Spin Doctors. All right, everyone, have a great time, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy.